I'm Mitchell Kaminsky. I'm Patrick Cushman. And you're listening to Penske Material. You are aware that uh, Penske is interested in me. It's showtime. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Ooh, let's go racing today, boys. Yeah. He's just a hack. He's just an absolute hack. Nice to be a dishwasher. If you don't like that kind of racing, don't even watch. Kyle Busch is an ass. <laughs> you're not Penske Material. Hello and welcome to another installment of Penske Material Texas Race Edition. And boy, um, they say everything is bigger in Texas, including the shit shows. Texas Motor Speedway this weekend, no shortage of storylines. With me, as always, Patrick Cushman, who, Pat, we had an off week last week. We couldn't talk about your boy Brad Keselowski picking up his first win as an owner uh, with uh, Christopher Busher. Um, So, yeah, I mean... Props to your boy. I mean, Brad probably should have won that race. He's the fastest car out there. Yeah, I mean, we all both RFK cars were very fast. Last two weeks at Texas, we were fast too. Um, unfortunately, the tire problems caught up to us. Yeah, you know, you blow right we- rear, you go down two laps, and you still finish 13th. Um, and I think that's more testament to how many DNFs there were, how many cars had trouble. Um, guys like Ryan Blaney never even finished lap 10, and they had problems throughout the whole day. Uh, but, yeah, it should have been Brad in victory lane. Um, I know he's happy that his teammate got it, but I know he was really hoping that was him in victory lane. Well, he came right back out there, had the uh, won the pole position um, the next week here at Texas. And, I mean, let's start with – everyone knows Texas is not a good race. I mean, none of the fans really like it. Um, Jeff Gluck does his, like, good race poll. It got 11% for the all-star race, or uh, 13%. And I think this one was even lower. Um this so, one was 13, All-Star was 11. 11, okay, there you go. Either I mean, way, it was awful. They're always pretty bad. And so we know it's going to be bad. I think they're going to reconfigure it at least next year. But I'll be honest. And mind you, I'm more of a new race fan. I enjoyed the Indy Road Course debacle at the end just because there was some drama and chaos where most the hardcore race fans didn't like it as much. And I will say this for the Texas race. Was it good racing? Absolutely not. It was a Russian roulette of tire failure, sure. But I found it pretty entertaining. Like, as far as Texas standards go, it was not a dull race. Now, it got a bit much with the 16 cautions, and you're like, all right, like, an- another tire failure. But there was, like, there was always something to keep you entertained. Now, it wasn't necessarily good racing, but there was plenty of drama, and it, it kept you engaged. So I think for Texas race standard, which, mind you, the bar is very low there, entertaining race. Might not have been a good one, but entertaining. I have to disagree with you. I thought – you know, NASCAR is trying to get out of this imagery of being like the WWE of motorsports. And races like this go against that, you know, that movement. This looked like um, an entertainment, not a motorsport event. And I, I thought it was this was obviously the worst race of the year, I think. I think it was even worse than the All-Star race. Not only was it, you know, everyone was spread out by 1.2 seconds throughout, throughout the line. I mean, they're all spread out. Um, after the first two laps of a restart, once they figured each other out, they're all a second a second and a quarter behind each other. Um, not only that, the only way you could pass, I mean, there's several times a car faster tries to pass, couldn't complete it, loses all his momentum, and he loses two spots, which I understand that, you know, um, momentum tracks like Fontana, where that comes out as good, um, good racing, that wasn't, that didn't feel that way in Texas. Um, there was a lot of times too, like there's two guys battling up front, third car tries to join, but he has to check up because he doesn't have a line. And then he ends up being the one that loses spots. 
that's not good racing. Um, having 16 cautions and having the race last six hours, that's not good for the sport. And that's what ultimately kills things like this. Like we, this was another iteration of the uh, Brickyard 400 from 2008 or 2009 yeah. where they had tire failures. I mean, I'm Mitchell Kaminsky. I'm Patrick Cushman. And you're listening to Penske Material. You are aware that uh, Penske is interested in me. It's showtime. Boogity, boogity, boogity. Ooh, let's go racing today, boys. Yeah. He's just a hack. He's just an absolute hack. Nice to be a ditch marching. If you don't like that kind of racing, don't even watch. Kyle Busch is an ass. <laughs> you're not Penske Material. Hello and welcome to another installment of Penske Material Texas Race Edition. And boy, uh, they say everything is bigger in Texas, including the shit shows. Texas Motor Speedway this weekend, no shortage of storylines. With me, as always, Patrick Cushman, who, Pat, we had an off week last week. We couldn't talk about your boy Brad Keselowski picking up his first win as an owner uh, with uh, Christopher Busher. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Props to your boy. I mean, Brad probably should have won that race. He's the fastest car out there. Yeah, I mean, we all both RFK cars were very fast. The last two weeks at Texas, we were fast too. Um, unfortunately, the tire problems caught up to us. Yeah, you know, you blow right rear, you go down two laps, and he still finished 13th. Um, and I think that's more testament to how many DNFs there were, how many cars had trouble. Um, guys like Ryan Blaney never even finished lap 10, and they had problems throughout the whole day. Uh, but yeah, it should have been Brad in victory lane. Um, I know he's happy that his teammate got it, but I know he was really hoping that was him in victory lane. Well, he came right back out there, had the uh, won the pole position um, the next week here at Texas. And I mean, let's start with everyone knows Texas is not a good race. I mean, none of the fans really like it. Um, Jeff Cluck does his like good race poll. It got 11% for the all-star race or uh, 13%. And I think this one was even lower. Um this so, one was 13, All-Star was 11. 11, okay, there you go. Either I mean, way, it was awful. They're always pretty bad. And so we know it's going to be bad. I think they're going to reconfigure it at least next year. But I'll be honest. And mind you, I'm more of a new race fan. I enjoyed the Indy Road Course debacle at the end just because there was some drama and chaos where most the hardcore race fans didn't like it as much. And I will say this for the Texas race. Was it good racing? Absolutely not. It was a Russian roulette of tire failure, sure. But I found it pretty entertaining. Like, as far as Texas standards go, it was not a dull race. Now, it got a bit much with the 16 cautions, and you're like, all right, like, an another tire failure. But there was, like, there was always something to keep you entertained. Now, it wasn't necessarily good racing, but there was plenty of drama, and it, it kept you engaged. So I think for Texas race standard, which, mind you, the bar is very low there, entertaining race. May not have been a good one, but entertaining. I have to disagree with you. I thought – you know, NASCAR is trying to get out of this imagery of being like the WWE of motorsports. And races like this go against that, you know, that movement. This looked like um, an entertainment, not a motorsport event. And I, I thought it was this was obviously the worst race of the year, I think. I think it was even worse than the All-Star race. Not only was it, you know, everyone was spread out by 1.2 seconds throughout, throughout the line. I mean, they're all spread out. Um, after the first two laps of a restart, once they figured each other out, they're all a second, a second and a quarter behind each other. Um, not only that, the only way you could pass, I mean, there's several times a car faster tries to pass, couldn't complete it, loses all his momentum, and he loses two spots. 
which I understand that, you know, um, momentum tracks like Fontana where that comes out as good, um, good racing. That wasn't, that didn't feel that way in Texas. Um, there was a lot of times too, like there's two guys battling up front, third car tries to join, but he has to check up because he doesn't have a line. And then he ends up being the one that loses spots. That's not good racing. Um, having 16 cautions and having the race last six hours, that's not good for the sport. And that's what ultimately kills things like this. Like we, this was another iteration of the uh, Brickyard 400 from 2008 or 2009 yeah. where they had tire failures. I mean, and this being in the playoff race, this is not a good look for the sport. And this is what ultimately gives NASCAR a bad reputation. Now that I will agree with. For a playoff race, now listen, I will come out and say I am completely biased. Because I was watching the race with my dad. I've been trying to get him to watch some more like NASCAR because I'm the only one in the family that watches it. And he's like, in my heart of hearts, I know Daniel Suarez, who, who I'm rooting for, is probably not a top eight driver in the field. I mean, I already know that because I think one of the top eight drivers got eliminated in round one in, in Tyler Reddick. And you could argue even Kevin Harvick. I'm not going to say Kyle Busch. He's ran terrible all year. But um you know, it's when you have all these guys failing, it's a lot of cars that are clearly faster. Like Truex has been fast like multiple weeks and tires just blow out. Like you almost don't want a fast car, don't want to be in the front because there's so much load on the front tires that they're just, they're, they're blowing uh, and popping. And it's getting to the point where, I mean, you could argue we might not have the best four drivers in Phoenix just because it's a Russian roulette of tire failures. And I even heard like they were listening to some of the track house guys afterwards. They're like, yeah, we were being conservative on purpose and, and kind of running slower than we probably could have because we didn't want to have any tire failures. So I, well, I do think that's an issue. You saw that in Bristol, too. I mean, this was supposed to be an exciting cutoff race, an exciting battle. And you have Austin Sindrick edge out Kyle Busch when he's down 50 or so laps. That was a terrible just, race. Just based off of two points because you just had to run past Ryan Blaney, who also had tire issues. So he finished 32nd, or he finished like 28th, and Kyle Busch finished 34th because he run like 20 more laps than him when neither one of them had a good race. That was very anticlimactic, and Bristol is usually a great race, but that again was ruined by tires. So this is two races in a row where Goodyear has messed up the tires, that the tires have let us down. I think the Southern um, 500, they let them down too. I mean, that was there's some engine values in that one, but there's a lot of blown tires in that too. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, Throughout the entire year, there has been issues with tires, especially early in the season we saw them. Um, they might have not grabbed the storylines um, in the summer months, but they've been prevalent. Um, and this next-gen car, it's had great racing on mile and a half. It's brought in some exciting racing. Um, but there's obviously some issues, uh, one of those being tires and another one being the injuries. Um, Cody Ware, that was a really big hit. And it was scary seeing him come out of the car limp like that. Um, you did not know if he was okay coming out of that car. Um, and this isn't something that we've had to worry about with the Gen 6. Most of these guys who are getting into wrecks, they're walking out fine, even with the car of tomorrow. Um, but this one, when you see a guy get a big hit like that, you grimace. You're like, okay, that was a big hit. Is he going to be okay? Uh, and that's some of these problems they got to figure out during this offseason, tires included. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that, like, you're not going to be able to fix the injury issue until the offseason. With Talladega coming up especially, you're like, oh, man, you just hope it's not 
huge one. I, and I think, I think so far the next gen has been a success. I mean, you take out the short tracks and the injury thing, like the has there been flaws. Yeah. But I think overall it's produced some very good racing this year, but it's obvious they're going to have to make some tweaks. I just don't know how easy those tweaks are going to be because they've ordered all these parts already. And it's going to be really expensive to make any like serious changes to the car. So uh, the might have a problem is they're crappy ass parts. Yeah. That's I mean, what Kevin Harvick says. It's, He's not wrong. I mean, it should, like you said, it showed up in the playoffs too. We've had engines like blowing up twice in a row. It is sad when you get the Southern 500 and Bristol in the first round. <laughs> Kansas, I think, was the best race of the first round of the playoffs. Arguably, the playoffs this far when you had like two, like Bristol, uh, it should have been the most exciting race of the first round. And that race is probably the worst one. Well, like, Bristol Memories isn't technically a crown jewel, but I mean, that's. It's one of the biggest races of the year. I mean, Bristol night races. races too, yeah. That's that's a race champions one. That's yeah. always been, you know, one of the biggest races. Also, too, I want to mention Texas being 500 miles. Come on. Oh, that so race should have been 300 yeah. miles. Totally. And I know, like, they've had tradition of 500 and 400 mile. Like, make it 300. We don't, I mean, you can make it 300. It'll still be entertaining. It'll be half the time. It'll fit and better. Thing would not have been that big of an issue later on. Like we would not have seen as many as many tires. Now I think I think 300 miles would solve a lot of. I mean, we don't need, you know, a 500 mile, um, like Atlanta either. Make it 400. Make it 300. Make it 350. Make it shorter. Daytona 500, Coke 600, and then Southern 500. I think that's really the only ones. Is anything else off the top of your head? Like those are the only three that's Brickyard. Well, it used to be the Brickyard 400, but with that being gone, that would be the only other one I would say. That, those those are the only three that should be 500 or more. After uh, that. Maybe Bristol Night, which the 500 laps. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's. I mean, even if, if you cut down the 400, though, there, I think it would work. I don't think anyone. Well, I think you've seen it on a week and weekly basis. Xfinity is probably the best racing series there is right now entertainment wise to watch like you're getting some great racing like like that texas race wasn't awful for texas race standards either and i think we saw a lot better racing than we did on, on sunday in that one a lot shorter i think that was 300 miles was it 300 or 400 it, it was i mean they're they're shorter than cup races and the racing's been a, a lot better there now, i want to ask you about the tires so uh goodyear is claiming that look like we have recommended air pressure. These teams, because of the next-gen cars, are all the same parts. They're trying to get an advantage. They're putting too much air in some of the tires. Do you blame it on the teams? Do you blame it on Goodyear? You think there's a little bit of both to go around? I think it's a little bit of both, and I think we're not going to get a straight answer. I mean, Goodyear's not going to come out and say, yeah, we gave them crappy tires the last two weeks. That's our bad. Sorry. You know, of course, they're going to try to shovel off the blame, and teams are probably going to try to – get as much of an advantage as they can you know some will you know pay that price but not at the rate that we've seen the last two weeks uh i mean half the field's been gone the last two weeks i mean texas was worse than daytona and talladega are as far as wrecks go and that was because of tires um and even when the tires not blown out a lot of those guys got loose they lost grip going into that corner lost all their momentum so I, you know, I think it goes a little bit of both ways. Um, if it was one or two guys blowing a tire, that's probably on the team just trying to put it too much. But the fact that it's like half the teams out there that are blowing tires, that's Goodyear's got to take some responsibility. I think I, Tony Stewart tried to warn us. Got to go to Firestone. 
Maybe. <laughs> um, so a lot of people, Texas, I think it's clear that it needs to be reconfigured, but the problem is like, what are you going to change it to? Now you had an idea you texted me earlier that would be interested, you know, tell, tell the listeners here. So I, I think that what I'm here, I, I think they want to make it like another Atlanta, which I don't think would be very, because I think Atlanta in a couple of years, like once it starts to get worn down, it's not going to be the same product it is now. And I think we'd have the same issues in Texas. I mean, the first thing they need to do is extend the pit wall or lane there. So we don't have Cody Ware flying down and almost killing someone. Um, like that could have been really bad too, which we shouldn't have an opening like that. But I don't know if there's really a good fix for Texas. Cause I think making it like in Atlanta or and another super speedway, I mean. Well, I suggested, you know, making it the super speedway configuration, taking a race away from Atlanta. Uh, there's a stark difference in attendance from their first, uh, spring race from their summer race. There's no reason why we should be racing in the middle of Georgia in July or yeah. June or August. There's no reason. And that was shown in the attendance. Spring race was well attended. Then the summer race, no one showed out because it was 110 degrees. Um, and it was a, uh, it was only a 400 mile race, but still uh, Atlanta, I don't think needs two tracks or two uh, dates on the schedule. Um, so if you make, I mean, that's the easy fix is just do the Atlanta model, make it a super speedway, give, you know, the instant gratification might get a little push. Cause right now attendance at Texas is bad. Uh, the problem is, is IndyCar runs there and IndyCar's run there for 30 years. Well, however long, but they've run there for a long time. Uh, if you make it a super speedway, IndyCar's can't run on there. They'll fall off. So there comes into that part too. Texas before it's, current reconfiguration was a pretty nice racetrack so you could make it now i think you do what kyle larson says and i think you just tear the whole thing down i will differ with kyle larson is that he says we should rebuild it don't rebuild it go to rockingham go to the milwaukee mile for all i care burn down texas to the ground and don't come back it's the worst track on the schedule it sucks i hate it every time i knew going into this week i said i don't even want to watch it because i know it's going to be bad I watched it anyways. Sure enough, it's bad. <laughs> Even without the tire problems, it wasn't a good race. I mean, oh, absolutely. passing, it was awful. So burn it to the ground. Don't even bother rebuilding it. Texas already has Coda. Take the drive to Austin. I, I completely agree. Preach. You're preaching to the choir. They're not going to do that, though, because Texas has too big of a market. Well, you know, NASCAR people always say that, but, like, no one really shows up to any of these. Like, it was really hot in this one. And like you said the same thing with Georgia. Like it's September and it's like boiling down there. It's like 97 degrees. No one shows up. Uh, and the racing there kind of sucks. And I don't think you're going to really fix it. So like that one, you could argue only needs one date too. And the all-star race isn't going to be there next year. So, I mean, do we really? Well, need and I think a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, back in the day, there was a market and we can bring that back. But I think it's been so long since there was that audience there that that audience is just dead. Like, you're not getting it back. It's too far gone. I think with IndyCar, too. I mean, IndyCar, it looks like it's COVID out there, and there's no one in the stands. Um, I And it used to be packed there. Now, IndyCar's got its own attendance issues and that. But I think at Texas, it's just such bad racing there that people just, they got they turned it off, and they're never going to turn it back on. So move away. Go somewhere else. I think the Milwaukee Mile makes a ton of sense. I think Trucks is going to have – a lot of success there next year because we saw this year at gateway really well attended race. We saw road America the past two years, 
excellent attended race. I mean, there's an appetite in the Midwest for these, and you give them a date. I mean, I think especially they lost the Chicago Speedway, uh, they lost Kentucky, like a lot of these Midwestern states around that area. I think you know they would come to a Milwaukee mile. I think you're going to get a much better attended race. Uh, Milwaukee, I don't think can hold a cup race, uh, infrastructure wise. Um, I mean, they're doing one in challenge uh, the All Star Race. Jesus Christ! Why am I, uh, I can't believe I blanked on that. Everyone's talking about. I mean, that that doesn't have the infrastructure either. So. Well, and it's going to fail. Well, yeah. it's going to be a fun race, but and everyone's going to be excited until they have five hours to get out of the parking lot. Milwaukee Mile, though, at uh, the truck race at Milwaukee Mile, that's going to be fun. I'll yeah. tell you that much. That's the oldest racetrack actually, like operating track in existence now. That yeah. And actually, so if you don't know, this is a little fun fact. So Pocono Raceway. One of the corners is based off Indy. The other is off another old track that doesn't even exist anymore. Someone will have to point it out. But the other one is based off the Milwaukee Mile. So all the three turns in Pocono um, are based off an, another track, and one of them is the Milwaukee Mile. A lot of people don't know that. I did not know that. That's a pretty good fact. Um, I have to find out what the other, the third one is. But I, I it's not in existence. Um. So the other big incident that came out of this race, well, actually, okay, there's two that we could go into, and both of them are kind of an eyesore for the. You go to the WWE thing where it's kind of a clown show. We'll start with Mr. Ty Gibbs. Jesus is my friend, can do no wrong. Uh, did you see his incident there on, on pit road, knocking Ty Dillon out of the way, almost uh, clocking like he almost ran over like four RFK pit crew members. Um, he got slapped with a fine today, well deserved. He delivered a half-ass apology uh, on Twitter afterwards. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I think he's going to be a perfect fit in the 18 next year because the guy is not very likable. He's shown on multiple occasions. He's not very mature either. And that's a dumb, that's a dumb move. And you can, you say, oh, well, he's like 19. It's like, well, you're in cup. So like, you got to put your big boy pants on. Like you got to know better than me doing that stuff. Cause that, that's a dangerous situation. That really was avoidable. I agree. And that's, it's not only that you're at cup, that's an excusable, any local track racetrack you go to. He could have really killed. He actually could have killed someone. Yeah. That's not an overreaction. You know, one of those cars made contact could have really hurt someone. Um, I think NASCAR should park him. I, I think that they should suspend him uh, to show a message to the guys. I mean, they want to talk about safety and, you know, putting their foot down and stuff like this. And then they let this happen. And he's not paying the fine. No. Let's be honest. The team is. Um, they're not racing for anything. That 23 cars are not racing for anything. So the points don't really matter. So realistically, this fine does nothing. Um, and a lot of the cup guys are pissed. I think a lot of guys put on Twitter, um, and they might have not been direct, but they might have said something that was like, wow, I'm really glad my guys are safe. Can't believe this would ever happen. Things like that, which show that, you know, hey, like, I think a lot of the older guys, Kevin Harvick's been on a Twitter rampage. Yeah, I know. I think he just discovered Twitter in the past couple of weeks because he has been yeah. off. Denny Hamlin, too, has been going off the rails. Yeah. And that's good. NASCAR needs these older guys to step up. The sport needs it. Yeah. For them to step up to the sanctioning body and tell them this well, is not what we want our sport to be. And if this Harvick continues. Fire got fixed because Kevin Harvick started bitching about it on Twitter and, and during his post-race interviews. And all of a sudden they're like, Oh, you know what? Maybe we better listen to him. And they got it fixed. But yeah, the sport needs leaders and they need these older guys to step up. 
Um, a lot of these guys, I mean, this is the new age of sports, you know, I mean, or new age of this sport. I mean, guys like Brad Keselowski, Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Kurt Busch, these guys are all on the way out. Like, an older guy now is Joey Logano. Yeah. And that's crazy to think about. Um, this is the sport of Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, William Byron, Ryan Blaney. This is their sport now. Um, Chase these guys need to – I got to speak up, though, for the uh, sake of NASCAR. It doesn't seem like – Yeah. Um, but these older guys need to speak their minds and get their ideas before they're before they're long gone. Totally agree. Now we'll go from one dumb move to another. Uh, William Byron and Denny Hamlin had a little run-in, and we've seen Denny have a couple run-ins. Uh, I mean, multiple run-ins just this season alone. Just ask Ross Chastain. Um, so, I mean, there's some hard racing going on and Byron didn't like it. And then during the yellow came up, rammed him. And then Denny Hamlin decided to come pull back up and do a little slap and tickle fight. And he was trying to bump him during the caution and he tried to stay in a spot. NASCAR made him go back. He was complaining about it. Um, so they, Byron got slapped with a fine as well. Um, Denny was still pretty pissed because he didn't get his spot. And he, he points too. It's the points of the big one because he was, I think, Multiple, he was in double digits, I think 11 points to the good, and now he's below the uh, cut yeah. line as it stands. Um, so I mean, I'll start here. First off, there's multiple things, I think both of them are in the wrong. Uh, in once first, Denny was racing him hard, I don't think there's anything egregious about what he did to William Byron, and so obviously, what Byron did during the caution completely unwarranted. And NASCAR, the fact that they couldn't see that, um and didn't say anything was kind of ridiculous. And the excuse they used was pretty weak. But at the same time, Denny Hamlin deserves a little blame here. I think the fact that he went back up and started messing around with them under the caution too. I mean, you could have made the case that both of them probably could have been parked. And, and uh, you know, I understand why Denny was upset, but um, he can't really be doing that. He, I think he, he was in the right. And then he immediately lost all of his, uh, his credibility, I guess, so to speak. And that whole argument. I mean, I don't know. It was just a bad, the whole thing was just a really bad look. So I think like it started with, you know, Hamlin pushing Byron into the wall. I don't think they made contact though. Um, If they did. I mean, Hamlin's been getting raced like that all year. Yeah. And so, you know, when he comes out and races like that, you can't be like, oh, well, you know, he raced him hard. So he just got back. He's been getting raced like that all year. So he's going to race hard like that. Um, and then William Byron spinning a guy under yellow, putting him in the grass. That could have ruined his day. That could have ruined his entire playoffs. And I thought I thought he should have been parked for multiple laps, if not the full race. I mean, NASCAR needs to clean that up. Like, uh, geez. like I said before, if NASCAR wants to be a credible motorsport um, and not the WWE of motorsport, they need to clean this up. This is unacceptable stuff, especially during a playoff in this kind of format where you have three races to gather points that something like this just ruins a guy's um, ruins a guy's entire playoffs. So I thought Byron should have been parked. Um, Denny, I understand him for retaliating, honestly. I mean, he's gotten pushed around so much this year by these younger guys. He's going to be pissed. Um, and he has every right to be. Um, he got pushed around by Bowman last year in Martinsville um, he's been getting pushed around by Chastain, um, and he's been run hard all year long. Guys are not giving up inches, and I think a lot of these older guys are just getting tired of it. 
And so Hamlin showed his displeasure with him, and I don't blame him for a minute. I will say, I think it would help. And look, I can understand why he's not, because he's racing for something. But, like, he's always talking tough in all of these post-race press conferences. Oh, you know, I'll get him back. I know he's going to learn sooner or later. He's not paying anyone back. I think he is all talk. Until he gets eliminated from, like, from the playoffs or, like, I guess, say he loses that many spots. So it costs him, like, X amount of points. Say that say that incident cost him, like, 10 points in the standings because he fell back or so. If he gets eliminated this round and it's by 10 points or less, then maybe he would pay him back in the next round. But I don't think – I think he's all talk. And I think until, like, he does something, then, like, all these guys are going to keep continuing to push him around. Because well, Ross Chastain was still waiting on his payback. He's not going to retaliate until he's out of the playoffs. It would make no sense for him to retaliate. If he's still in the playoffs, he'll get – He's not going to want to get hit back. Um, so unless he makes the round of four, if he makes round of four, we might not see it until next year. Well, yeah, exactly. I think we saw it in Pocono a little bit with Chastain, where then he could have lifted and let them both buy and let him race more. But instead, then he just put the pedal of the floor and said, "I'm, I'm running this line whether you whether you're here or not." Yeah. Um, and Byron will get his. Byron will get his, and I'm not a Denny fan, but Denny's going to get him back. I'm confident of that, especially if Denny misses out on this playoff. William Byron will not be moving to the round of four. He's asking for it, too. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I don't disagree. I, I do not disagree uh, with you there. Looking ahead next week to Talladega, Joe Logano came out with little comments. He said, super speedway racing is not race, real racing, which is funny because he's usually pretty good at super speedways. Um, you know, his exact comments were like the people that are right racing hard up front, um, are getting penalized and like the people being lazy, get rewarded, like sitting in the back. I kind of disagree. And I like Joey, but I mean, one, he's running harder than anyone. Like you don't have to run in the front. I think it's part of the strategy of it. If you're waiting in the back to avoid the wreck and no one's stopping him from not going up front. So I think it is real racing. You know, may, some people may not like it. I can understand for a driver why you wouldn't like racing in super speedways going 200 miles an hour like that. There is an element of randomness to it, but I, I kind of disagree with him there. Yeah, I mean, I, I like super speedway racing. Um, it's just different style. Uh, you know, pack racing isn't going to be like short track racing, and short track racing isn't going to be intermediate style track. So it's all different. Um, I understand why Joey doesn't like it, but one of the best – Super Speedway racers, Denny Hamlin always sits back the first yeah. 60% of the race. He's always in 25th, just hanging on on the lead lap in the back of the pack. Um, so maybe it's just a different strategy. It's just not racing to get to the front. Um, I know Brad Keselowski had similar sentiments. It's, you know, a lot of guys with inexperience are racing up front, side by side, nose to tail like that. And a lot of times, a lot of these good drivers feel like that they might get run out or wrecked by guys who are, shouldn't be running up top. Um, and Brad eventually said, you know what? I'm not lifting for anyone anymore. I'm just keeping the foot to the pedal. If you don't like it, get out of the way. And that's how he's been racing it. So maybe Joey needs to call up his former teammate um, and get some tips on how to deal with these guys who are running up front that maybe shouldn't. Um. You know, first off, side side note here, shout out Tyler Reddick for winning a last one, third career win, putting together a hell of a season, didn't even talk about him. But going back to your point with super speedway racing, so say you're the crew chief right now, you got a guy near the cut line, uh, say you're like Chase Elliott, you know, right above the, right above the cut line. 
Uh, are you gunning it for stage points, knowing they'd smell you? Or are you waiting back and you're just trying to survive that entire race? Well, I'm seeing. I mean, if you're running, I don't think a lot of people, especially playoff drivers, are going to be running hard stage one. I think that they're going to work with each other to just, hey, run fifth and sixth. No reason to wreck each other here. Grab our stage points. Survive. Because if one of them wrecks, a lot of them wreck. Yeah. So they're not – it's not – you know, so I don't think they're going to be racing that hard um, for the stage points. But honestly, if you're like near the cut line, you know, these DNFs kill you. These DNFs put you minus 20. They put you in must win spots. Yeah. So I'm saying, you know, there's 10 laps to go. I think you're content with running, you know, 15th and closer to the end of the lead lap. Hopefully you avoid But the thing is, though, if they wreck in the middle and you're in the back, you could still get some of that. So it's tough. It's so tough to determine because you never know where these wrecks are. You can wreck from the lead and you can wreck from running last, too. You never yeah, know when the wrecks are going to happen. You're running in the back, too. So there's always a good – like Cody Ware is almost a guarantee to hit the wall at least once every week, and you're stuck around exactly. there. You're, you're oh. in trouble. Yeah, um, you never know. So I, I don't know. I think you just run up front. Run up front, you're less likely to get carnage from the middle because if you're running up front, there's only one person that can wreck you, and that's from the back or from the side. Um, it's not like you, you're just going to get caught in it, you know. Let's dip into Xfinity really quick. Xfinity and, and, and trucks, I know you wanted to touch on too. No, Gregson, fifth, what was it, fourth win, win in a row or fifth win in a row? It was fifth, fifth, fifth win, wasn't it? Four in a row? Feels like five. He seems to be winning every week. I mean, he has to be the heavy favorite i would think to win the the championship right or do you think maybe he's peaking too early i mean Almendinger's the guy i had before the playoffs but i don't think anyone's beat noah gregson right now I mean, the thing is man is you can win you know 100 races in the row but unless you win the last one you don't win the championship so austin Sindrick was you know darn near perfect him and aj Almendinger were you know racing one and two the entire year and daniel hemrick got his first career win and won the championship um, so you never know. I think he's the favorite though. I mean, he's been running lights out. I mean, he's been great, um, in all facets. Um, but Ty Gibbs could bring the best car to Phoenix. He could win the championship. AJ Allmendinger. I just, colleague hasn't really inspired me much to this point. Um, so I, I think it's going to be either Gregson or Gibbs. They had a pretty good day in Texas though. I mean, despite spinning out at one point, he won a stage and Finish the top 10. I, no, I they just don't have the speed like they have the past two years where he's winning, he's running top three ever race with Cindric yeah. and uh Briscoe in 2020. Um, he just they just don't have that kind of speed, I don't think. I mean, a lot of their one of their drivers didn't even make the playoffs, right. so I don't think Colleg really has the car. He does not get enough credit for how good of a driver he is. I think you could argue, I mean, I think he is, in my opinion, the best road course racer there is any level, cup extended otherwise. You put him in some, like, he's never had good, like, great equipment, especially a colleague. You know, you put him in, like, a Hendrick car, he'd be winning a lot. Well, of he it. was at Penske for a bit. Yeah, that is fair. Was that when he was doing the uh, yeah. little, yeah. I hope Ryan Sieg wins the championship, though. He's my guy. There you go. There you go. All right, it's time for wrap of the week. Uh, you know, Last one we did was the Kansas edition. Um, feels like so, so long ago. Pat, uh, you picked up your first victory with the number 47, Sonny D. Chevrolet. Uh, so with that win, you get to per pick first again. 
from uh, from Texas. So who are which uh, which which rap you going with? Well, I really want to take um, the ninety nine of Daniel Suarez, but because you're such a Suarez fan, I'm not going to take him away from you. I'm going to go with, and this was on all the ad boards. Actually, no, I'm going to switch. I'm not going to go with either of those. I am going to go with number 16, that Noah Dragson, um, the freedom car. It has an American flag and freedom on the side of it. I just, I think it's a cool scheme, a nice patriotic scheme. And so I'm going to take that one. That's an underrated one. I, I don't think I saw that. Yeah, that's actually, that's pretty sharp. That's a pretty sharp one. Uh, I'm going with Daniel. I, you said it. I, you know, because you're the first pick. I thought that was going to be the one you're going to go with. So I had Dinger's Andy's custard one as my backup. That's what I was going to pick. The one that we saw the ad boards on. Yeah, yeah, that was. Uh, <laughs> by the way, the the you know I am a sucker for advertising. The Dinger uh, ice cream thing they sell at Andy's pretty damn good. Recommend trying if if, uh, if there's an Andy's near you. But yeah, I'm going with the '99 Chevrolet uh, uh, Daniel Suarez. I mean that. It's a it's a cool looking car. It was for uh, uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. I actually think his fire suit and helmet was like the coolest part of like the whole whole look. He kind of had like the sugar skull on the helmet, and then yeah. the back uh, said Rapido AF, which I I thought was pretty funny. But I mean, it's a sharp looking car. It's got a Panther, plenty of colors. They've had Trackhouse has really brought their A game with their wraps slash paint scheme, whatever you want to call them, all year. I mean, there's not been many ugly ones from their jockey scheme. Um, uh, to, uh, they overran those, I think. Which one? The jockey ones. They overran them. They ran them like five times each. Yeah. Like, after a while, you're like, okay, got it. And then like, yeah, well, that that's fair. Um, but I do like the com the the comscope one. I really like and the be a moose, the moose fraternity one for Chastain. I think is a really sharp one too. So. I might actually join the moose after seeing that. I'm serious. There's one in wheat. Like I was driving home from the gym, and this is the first time I've ever noticed one on Roosevelt road uh there there's a moose <laughs> it was like oh my god i don't even know what the hell they do but it's a cool looking car the moose fraternity what like what i don't know. have to look into it it's like elks club ah it's like yeah like it's a little different than the masons but kind of like the same yeah that makes sense well that's about all I got. You got anything? Uh, oh, Kyle Bush might be running some uh, IndyCar for McLaren, Indy 500. So something to keep an eye on. That'd be cool. I hope he does do it. And I think that's the most logical place where he could go and do well. Yeah. Uh, where else is I mean, besides Penske, I mean, McLaren's the other really good Chevy team. Ed Carpenter Racing's like mid-level. After that, it's not looking too good. So yeah. I think McLaren makes the most sense. They have history with running the one-offs with Fernando Alonso um, and Juan Pablo Montoya. So, yeah, yeah, I think it would be cool. I hope he does it. It would be cool. And then uh, Jimmy Johnson, retiring full-time driving. I think he'll probably run the 500 next year. I think he'll get another shot at it. I think he was disappointed. He didn't realize how the car would run in traffic. Um, So I think he's going to do that. I think he might try to do the doubleheader. The 500 yep. and the 600. Um, and then I hope he still does the Indy Ovals. He wasn't bad at the Indy Ovals. He could win at like Iowa or Texas, especially Texas. He's so good there. Yeah. Let him run Texas. Let him run the day. I, would too. I think he had his best finish. Yeah. Which would be, be cool. But I, I think he should run the like the 500, the Daytona 500, 
Coke 600, and then the Texas IndyCar race. And then I think he wants to do Le Mans with the uh, that project car that they're doing. Yep. Um, so maybe he'll do and, that. And it's a but, Chevy car, too, which I'm pretty sure he's only going to drive. Yeah. I think, uh, though, his IndyCar career ending is probably the best. He was pretty bad. He was really was pretty bad. bad. It, yeah, you could tell it was, you know, he was thinking about it. And then, like, you could tell, like, that last stretch of, like, five, six races, like, yeah. yeah I mean, he was, like, four seconds off the pace from his teammates. It was Even in, like, bad. gateway, I'm like, well, you know, it's an oval. You know, maybe it'll show some speed. You know, um, not, not great. Yeah, there you have it. Looking forward to Talladega. We'll talk to you next week, uh, my friend. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, enjoy this racing weekend. Formula One's back too, I guess, if you want to wake up early and watch that. But otherwise, yeah, Super Speedway race. We're breaking it down next week on Penske Material.